Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 35 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. The Rangers coming off of a big 5-0 win in Vegas against the Golden Knights, paying them back for a 4-1 defeat that they handed out to the Rangers just about a week ago in Madison Square Garden. I hesitate to call this a dominant win. The final score obviously implies dominance, 5-0. You know, you figure, oh, they, they must have just had the better of play, you know, right from the opening faceoff right until the final buzzer. I didn't really think that was the case. The Knights came out flying in this game, and they really had the Rangers back on their heels, and that's when it turned into, once again, the Alex Georgiev show for the New York Rangers. Georgiev, once again, spectacular in net for the Rangers, making his third consecutive start as Lundqvist continues to deal with a minor ailment. But this game could have been 2 nothing, maybe even 3 nothing in the first period in favor of the Knights had it not been for Georgiev's basically just stellar play. He was on top of his game right from the start, and the Rangers really needed him to be because, like we said, a little bit slow getting out of the starting blocks here were the Rangers. But you know what? Georgiev kept the minute. He allowed his team to kind of, you know, get going a little bit and find its game as the time wore on. And the Rangers eventually, two really quick strikes kind of out of nowhere from Panarin and Kreider in the span of just 14 seconds. And that really turned the tide of this game because up to that point, really it had been all Knights and, and all Georgiev because Georgiev did everything, stood on his head to keep the puck out of his net. And we talked a little bit about this on yesterday's episode. We're going to talk about it just a little bit here today. Does Alex Georgiev really seem like the kind of guy that you should be trading right now? Does this really seem like the type of goaltender that you should just be pushing out the door, a 23-year-old who has just really caught fire? Now, you could look at that from the other side of the coin and say, well, yes, because he's been playing great lately. His value is, is very high, and teams are going to be willing. Goal, goaltender needy teams are going to be willing to give you a lot to acquire Georgiev. I'm not so sure that's true because, again, you know, Georgiev has only appeared in 57 games. Are teams really going to break the bank for, you know, basically an untested goalie and somebody that was undrafted and somebody who only up until recently hadn't really, you know, set the world on fire in his NHL career? I always think he's been good, but if you look at his career stats— 289 goals against average, 918 save percentage. Yeah, that's fine, but I don't know how many teams are going to line up around the block and look to push all these trade ships into the center of the table to try to acquire Alex Georgiev from the Rangers. Rather, I think a team would probably look to sort of buy low, although that window's closing because with, with each passing game that Georgiev stands on his head like this and keeps the puck out of the net, you know, Georgiev's value increases and it's going to take more to acquire him if you're a contending team who's looking to bring him in. But regardless, Georgiev continues to look like a legitimate NHL goalie. He has allowed just four goals in his last four games. And I don't know, man. I mean, I know the Rangers are high on Igor Shesterkin. I know eventually you're going to have to call him up at some point. You don't really have to do that this season, although the Rangers, it, it kind of sounds like, you know, if I'm reading the writing on the wall, it kind of sounds like they want to see what he has this season. At some point, we're going to see Igor Shesterkin. I get that, but I don't know, man. I would not be so quick to just push Alex Georgiev out the door. He's looking like a guy who's going to stick in the NHL for a long time. And and how good can he be? I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. That's that's the whole point. He could be developing into, you know, a heck of a goalie right before our eyes here. So, again, I, I would not be so quick to push him out the door unless somebody just makes you an offer you can't refuse. If somebody comes at you and, like, wants to give you a first-round pick, maybe a second-round pick, maybe, like, a, a throw-in of, like, a younger player who's kind of, you know, still going through their development, then maybe you got something to talk about. But I am not giving Georgiev away just for the sake of giving him away and just for the sake of making room for Igor Shesterkin. And it's nothing against Shesterkin either. I think, you know, at some point he could be a great goalie in his own right. But I'm also not pushing Georgiev out the door when he's playing like this. Sorry, not going to happen. 
And I just hope that the Rangers don't get trigger happy here and that they just, you know, they start to realize, you know, hey, we might have something here. We might have, you know, the answer going forward. It is possible. But yeah, without even looking, you know the first star of this game is Alex Georgiev, a 38-save shutout for the 23-year-old rookie, and he was on top of his game early in this one as the Rangers needed him to be. A couple of really nice point-blank pad stops on the doorstep for Georgiev. Georgiev Rob Nosek on the doorstep, full extension of his pad to make an excellent save. And then right back the other way, Artemi Panarin opens the scoring with a big-time wrist shot from the right dot, goes five-hole to beat Subban. Tony D'Angelo makes a really nice play here. You know, we were a little bit tough on him in the last episode. I thought he had a kind of a rough game, a couple of, you know, ill-advised passes that resulted in some turnovers deep in the Rangers zone. However, he comes up big here. He does what Tony D'Angelo does, and that's make things happen on the attack. He's deep in the Vegas zone. They kind of force him back to the blue line. He's moving back to the blue line with a lot of speed. He sends a backhand pass to Mark Stahl, and then Stahl dishes across the ice to Artemi Panarin. And Panarin handles it from there. He takes a big-time wrist shot from the top of the right circle, goes five-hole, scores the opening goal of the contest, and gives the Rangers what would turn out to be a game-long lead, one to nothing at that point. And then off the ensuing faceoff, the Rangers gain control of the puck in the neutral zone. Ryan Strom takes the puck right around his own blue line and just looks like a bat out of hell darting into the Vegas zone. They eventually force him to the side, kind of into the corner, but he throws a pass back to his left to Chris Kreider right there on the doorstep. Subban had absolutely no chance. Kreider just tips it home, but Ryan Strom really making it happen here. And then Kreider with the presence in mind to go to the net, deflects the puck home. 2-0 Rangers, again, striking for two goals in the span of just 14 seconds. And you talk about a sequence that really turns the tide of a game because to this point, the Rangers really kind of back on their heels and it was all up to Georgiev to, you know, keep them in this game and keep Vegas off the score sheet. And that's what he did. Georgiev really coming up big for the Rangers early in this game while they were still kind of getting their legs under them and still kind of getting going, so to speak. So Georgiev takes care of business early in this game and then the Rangers eventually find their game and they strike back here for two quick goals, two to nothing, just like that. Knights with a couple of quick passes. They work the puck to Max Pacioretty, and he takes a quick shot from the right circle, but Georgiev, with one of his many really good saves in this game, again, keeps the Knights off the scoreboard, and it had to be a frustrating night for Max Pacioretty. I can't say enough about Georgiev's performance in this game and over his last, you know, four games, and it all started with, you know, that nightmare against the Canadians. It at least started as a nightmare, and then it turned out to be a really nice win for Georgiev and the Rangers. But Georgiev was lit up for four goals early in that game. The Rangers go on to the 6-5 win, and he's been immovable since then. He's just been a brick wall every time he's been out there and denies Max Pacioretty nine times tonight. Just an outstanding performance by Georgiev. Rangers are shorthanded, and Ryan Lindgren made a really nice play here. He's kind of caught in no man's land. He's sandwiched between a couple of knights in the corner behind the Ranger net, but he, he fights through it, and he works the puck up ahead along the boards to Brett Howden. Brett Howden clears the puck down the ice. A big clear there lets the Rangers get off for a change. But, yeah, the penalty kill was on point for the, for the Rangers tonight. Um, four power play opportunities for the Knights. I mean, you could argue maybe that's, that's one too many. You know, the Rangers... Again, I'm a broken record, but they do have to stay out of the penalty box a little bit better. But at least now, the penalty kill starting to play better in these most recent games, really kind of finding the groove. It kind of started with the win against the Devils, the big dominant win in New Jersey, where the penalty kill went eight for eight, and they've kind of been rolling ever since then. I mean, they've given up one or two since then, but for the most part, the penalty kill has been on point, and they were on top of their game here tonight again. 
the Knights going 0 for 4. And on the flip side, the Rangers looking good on their power play, on their man advantage, 2 for 5 on the night. So, yeah, I mean, I know at times this power play has been less than perfect, but we talked about that on a recent episode. I do think the Rangers overall have a good power play. There's very few man advantages that they just kind of give away. It always looks like they're at least a threat to score, and they're near the top third of the league as far as conversion rate goes on the power play. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that, but right now the Rangers, special teams firing on all cylinders and a big night in Vegas. And then kind of a crazy sequence here, Georgiev makes a save through traffic on a shot from the blue line. There's a wild scramble in front of the Ranger net. You know, the, the Knights trying to stuff at home, the Rangers trying to get it out of harm's way. The Rangers eventually do get the puck away, but Georgiev loses his stick. It kind of goes flying all the way up into the left circle there. And for a while, Georgiev's got to play net with no stick. I think in this spot, you know, maybe he's got to yell to one of his defensemen, hey, give me your stick. The Rangers didn't do that, but they were able to play good defense here and keep the Knights from putting another shot on net. Eventually, the Rangers skate the puck out and Georgiev able to go retrieve his stick and get back in net before, you know, the, the Knights can get the, the puck away from the Rangers there. But a little bit of a crazy sequence, but once again, hey, no stick, no problem. Georgiev and the Rangers hold the Knights off the scoreboard, still 2 to nothing. Rangers go back on the power play with about a minute left in the first period, but the Knights actually get the best opportunity here in the closing minute of the first. Stevenson goes in. It was almost a two on O, but Kreider got back and kind of at least took one of the guys out of the equation, so the pass wasn't going to be there. But Stevenson, nevertheless, goes in alone on the breakaway, and I don't think Georgiev actually got a piece of this one. It looked like the puck rolled on, up on him a little bit, and he tried to bring it to his backhand and just put the shot wide, so Rangers catch a bit of a break there. But going into the intermission now, still up two to nothing. So we go to the second period, and the Knights kill off the rest of the Ranger power play. They are pushing hard to, you know, get one back here. They're getting some chances. Pacioretty with another shot, and then Stastny and Stone both put shots off the side of the net. In fact, I think Stastny might have even put the puck off the outside of the post, and I don't know. The Rangers, I, I think on defense here, you got to move these guys out of there a little bit. You know, put a body on them, check them, cr hey, cross-check them if you have to. In this case, if you have to take a penalty, I'll, I'll at least accept it. I'll at least understand it. You're trying to prevent a scoring chance and a high-quality scoring chance at that. Just not enough resistance here from the Rangers, but Georgiev, once again, up to the challenge, keeps the puck out of the net, shutout intact, Rangers still up 2 to nothing. And then I did want to mention that, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury was back on the bench for the Knights. He was their backup in their most recent game against the Islanders. He was the backup again here tonight. And he was obviously away from the team not that long ago. His father recently passed away. So obviously our condolences to Marc-Andre Fleury. It's great to see him back out there, back with his guys. I'm sure he's going through a tough time right now. Hopefully, you know, being back around the guys can can kind of lift him up a little bit. And definitely looking forward to, you know, seeing him back on the ice, his, his first time back out there. Obviously, you know, hockey is, is small potatoes compared to, you know, things like that, you know, the death of a loved one. But I think probably for Fleury, for a lot of these guys, I think, you know, they're you get back to some semblance of normalcy when you get back to your routine, back with your teammates, back with your coaches, and, and you know, just doing what you love. So, you know, yeah, I'm going to definitely keep an eye on, you know, I don't know when Vegas plays again. I'll look it up, but Marc-Andre Fleury expected to be back out there. Just want to see how he does, and, you know, I'll be pulling for him in that one. But again, you know, just, just good to see him back with the team. Knights get another opportunity. They win the draw, and Nosik kind of gets behind the Ranger defense, goes in alone, and puts his shot right off the crossbar. And then seconds later, Reeves goes off for a high-sticking penalty. He catches Brendan Lemieux in the face. That is a double minor. And the Rangers going to be on the power play for four minutes. The Knights challenged this penalty, and the call was immediately confirmed. Like, the ref went to, you know, to review it, 
And literally, like, 10 seconds later, if that, he goes back out there and he just says, call is confirmed, double minor. They roll with D'Angelo, Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, and Kako to start the power play. And I know the Rangers are up 2-0 at this point in the game, but this is big here. You know, the Knights at times, even up to this point, really if you take away that 14-second outburst where the Rangers scored two goals, the Knights, you could argue they've had the better of play at this point. They've had definitely more shots. They've had more scoring opportunities. And really the difference is just Georgiev. So, yeah, this is a big one, man. You know, you get, you go up by three goals, that's going to be huge. 2 nothing really never seems like a safe lead, especially in today's NHL. And it definitely does not feel like a safe lead in this game either. So yeah, big time power play for the Rangers. You got four minutes. You got to put at least one in the net. So the Rangers do absolutely nothing in the first two minutes, but as soon as they kind of get set up, they strike. Ryan Strom takes a shot from the blue line and the save is made by Subban and Truba is right there on the doorstep. The rebound goes right to him and Truba has the presence in mind. He really made a great play here. The rebound goes right to him and Truba just sticks out his left skate to settle it down and then knocks it with his skate to his forehand and stuffs the puck home, an easy goal at that point. But there's a lot of guys in this situation, I think, who might kind of panic and just kind of try to whack at the puck with, you know, like a backhand shot. And, you know, the puck's coming in hot. It's going to be hard to get all of it and knock it home. But Truba, you know, recognizes what's happening, recognizes that he has time because Subban's on the other side of the net. So Truba realizes, hey, I've got time. Let me settle the puck down with my skate. That's what he does. He knocks the puck back to his forehand and just stuffs it home. So great play by Truba there. He stays cool, calm, and collected on the doorstep, stops the puck with his skate, puts the rebound in the net. 3 nothing Rangers with the power play goal. And then Kako, we've talked about this. You know, he's, he's a little bit hesitant to shoot at times. He gets the puck, and he's moving up the ice, and instead of just going harder than that, he kind of slows down and looks to pass to Zibanejad, and the pass gets broken up. At that spot, you know, I'd really like to see Kako just hit the Jets and just go in there with some authority and just kind of power his way to the net, but he opts for the pass instead there and gets broken up. Then the Rangers make it 4-0 on a goal by Jesper Faust. Brady Shea on the play swoops around behind the Vegas net, and he dishes back to Jacob Truba at the point. Truba with just an excellent slap pass in deep to Jesper Foss. You think for sure that Truba's going to take a shot here. He's going to wind up and just crank a slap shot, but instead sends the puck to Jesper Foss. And Foss, he kind of did what Truba did on the most recent goal. He stopped the puck with his left skate and just hammers it home right there from the doorstep. Almost the exact same spot on the ice. Very happy for Jesper Foss here as well. You won't find a player on this team or in this league who plays any harder than him, never takes a shift off. He's awesome, and glad to see him rewarded with a goal here. An excellent pass from Jacob Truba, and a great finish by Jesper Foss. And just like that, 4 nothing. you know, there's times in this game where the Knights have had the better of play, but at this point, you know, the Rangers have kind of really taken the wind out of Vegas's sails, and from this point on in the game, Rangers largely in control. I mean, Vegas got a couple of opportunities, but they weren't really buzzing in New York's side of the ice like they were earlier in the game. At this point, the Rangers firmly in control, a little bit past the midway point of the second period. So the Knights get in there, a power play with 6.23 left in the second period after Mark Stahl goes off for a delay of game penalty. But the Rangers win the ensuing faceoff, and Strom and Zibanejad are off to the races. They zip into the Vegas zone. Strom has the puck, and he's already got two assists in this game. He's looking for number three. He dishes in deep to Mika Zibanejad behind the defenseman, and Zibanejad can't get the shot off, but they do get... Jose Theodore for slashing. A little bit of a questionable call there, I would have to say. You know, there wasn't a whole lot there, but these things do happen. You know, refs, they'll miss penalties or they'll call penalties that 
aren't actually there. It's going to happen from time to time. That's just hockey. You just got to deal with it. But 10 seconds into this Vegas power play, the Rangers essentially kill it off because they draw a penalty of their own. And just like that, we're going to skate four on four for the next minute 50. And then I do have to talk about this. Cody Glass goes down with an injury after a collision with Lemieux along the boards. Lemieux, you know, came in hard. You know, he he goes all out. You know, Brendan Lemieux plays pedal to the metal every single shift. And it looks like Lemieux caught him with an elbow, you know, kind of to the temple, to the side of the head there. As far as I could tell, this was a total accident by Brendan Lemieux. Lemieux even kind of tried to spin out of the way of hitting him, which is unlike Lemieux to kind of shy away from contact, but it looked like he was actually going to give Glass a little bit of a break on this, kind of tried to to turn away and and not hit him full bore, but unfortunately, Lemieux's elbow kind of flies up and hits him in the side of the head. I mean, this could have been a penalty. They didn't call a penalty. I I think, you know, it'd be fair game to call this a two-minute elbowing penalty, but there's no malice here. He's not trying to hurt anybody, and even as as Glass had to be helped off the ice, he kind of had, you know, both of his arms around, you know, two of his teammates, and he was kind of helped off the ice that way, and and Lemieux went over and kind of gave him a tap with his stick to, you know, kind of apologize and kind of just check on him and see if he's all right. But yeah, at this point, I mean, the Knights didn't seem too happy about it. You get the feeling that Lemieux's not going to leave this rink without having to drop the gloves, and that is exactly what happens in the third period. We'll get to that just a little bit later. But the Knights do get a power play with 57 seconds left in the second. And Truba gets an important clear early in the man advantage. The Knights kind of, they get a little bit of a push here. They're buzzing, but, you know, the Rangers hang in there. The clock runs out in the second period. Alex Georgiev just continues to stand on his head. He made a couple of nice saves here in the waning seconds. So we move to the third period, and here's an encouraging stat if you're a Blue Shirts fan. The Rangers are 9-0-2 when they take a lead into the third period this season. And for a young team, I mean, for any team, that's excellent. You know, it's a sign of a team that knows how to take care of business, knows how to play with a lead, and knows how to finish when they've had the better of play for the first two periods. And that obviously jumps up to 10-0-2 with the Rangers taking care of business here. But yeah, for a young team to be that good in the third period and and know how to play with a lead and understand, you know, how to pick your spots. When do you when do you go in on the attack in the third period when you already have the lead? And when do you sit back a little bit and play a little bit of defense? There's a very fine line there when you're playing with a lead in the third period. And in this case, that's especially true because the Rangers go into the third with a four-goal lead. So you don't want to be out of control if you're the Rangers and take a bunch of unnecessary risks and have the defenseman, you know, flying up the ice and jumping into plays and creating odd man rushes going the other way. But you don't want to just sit back either. What you've done through two periods has obviously worked. It's all added up to a 4 nothing lead. It wasn't perfect, but bottom line, the Rangers are up by four goals coming into the third period here, so they got to be doing something right. And you want to keep playing your game and not be too passive. So, like we said, a little bit of a fine line there, but I thought the Rangers, for the most part in this third period, did a really good job of kind of towing that line. They're in Vegas' side of the rink, you know, a decent amount, and they're creating a couple of scoring chances, but they're also very rarely getting caught out of position. They're giving up very, very few scoring opportunities to Vegas, so I thought they played it just right here. Early in this period, first of all, the Rangers have, you know, about a minute left of power play time for Vegas to kill off, and they do it, and again, just a really strong night for this penalty kill unit. They are now perfect over their last three games. But then we knew this was coming. Carrier wants to fight Brennan Lemieux, and Lemieux obliges. And fairly even fight. No, like, big-time haymakers landed here. Uh, Carrier actually dropped his gloves long before Lemieux did, although they were talking, and Lemieux kind of turned away from him. And by the time Lemieux turned back around, Carrier's gloves were on the ice, and Lemieux just kind of shrugged and said, okay, I guess we're doing this. And like we said, you know, fairly even fight. Couple of punches landed, nothing too crazy. But, yeah, I mean, it's—Vegas wasn't happy about that, that hit that Lemieux— you know, put on glass earlier in the game. Although I I don't think, again, there was anything malicious there. It could have been a penalty. 
But they at some point were going to go after Lemieux, and that's exactly what happens here. Both guys go off for five-minute fighting majors. And then the Rangers, they're up four to nothing, and obviously Vegas needs to start creating some chances now because it's getting to the point where there's maybe about, you know, 10 or 12 minutes left here. And Artemi Panarin intercepts a pass in the neutral zone, and he goes in all alone. And he's going to get a great scoring opportunity from the doorstep if he chooses to take it, but he does not choose to take it. Instead, he dishes back to his right to Capo Caco. Caco takes a shot, but he is denied. Uh, a very unselfish play by Panarin there. I mean, anytime Panarin goes in alone, you like your chances, you think he's going to score. I mean, really, you break this down, he, he really should have shot the puck. But he wants to help out his teammate. He wants to try to get Kako going a little bit, kind of build Kako's confidence. And Kako with a good shot, you know, just stopped by Subban. So still 4 to nothing Rangers at that point. Vegas gets another power play. Georgiev another big-time save on Marchessault. And then Theodore takes a shot from the blue line, and Georgiev hangs on. And then he makes one final save at the end of this power play to, again, keep Vegas off the score sheet. At this point, there's 9.17 left. You're feeling, obviously, very good about your chances of winning. You want Georgiev to get the shutout here, though. I mean, this guy has been phenomenal. And, indeed, he does get the, sh the shutout. The Rangers get a power play with 5.30 left in the game, and then a little bit of a fluke goal here for, for Mika Zibanejad. He tries to pass from behind the Ranger net, and it deflects off of a Vegas defenseman and goes in, and 5-0 Rangers with 4.55 to go, and that is indeed the final score. Another shutout for Alex Georgiev. What else can we say? He's been fantastic. The Rangers, they really gotta, they really gotta think about this. Do not be so quick to just, you know, kind of push him out the door just to make room for Shesterkin and give up on a goalie who's played it very, very well for you. Again, the Rangers, it'd be one thing if they were dead and buried in the standings and you want to call up Shesterkin and get a look at him. In that case, I would understand wanting to move Georgiev. But the Rangers are playing well. They are right there in terms of they're a little bit outside of the playoff picture looking in, but they've also played a few fewer games than some of the teams in front of them, so they are right there. There is no need to force Georgiev out the door, and, you know, maybe as the trade deadline gets closer, maybe you reassess it at that point if Georgiev continues to play well, but the Rangers slide down the standings, and Shesterkin continues to light it up in the AHL, and you want to get a look at him in the NHL. If all of those things happen, and somebody comes with a worthy offer, then okay, I will accept the fact that maybe they would move Georgiev at that point, but don't be so quick to push this guy out the door because he's playing some phenomenal hockey right now, and that is not the kind of guy that you just give up on and just, just move for, you know, dimes on the dollar. So the Rangers will kind of continue this West Coast road trip on Tuesday. They've got a 10-30 matchup against the Los Angeles Kings. That's got to be two points there. There's no other way to say it. The Kings have been downright awful this season, so you really hope the Rangers can go in there and take care of business. And then on Thursday, another 10-30 collision against the San Jose Sharks once again on the road. So we're going to be staying up late a little bit this week, but that's okay. And then on Saturday, it will be the final contest of this four-game road trip. They will be on the road against the Anaheim Ducks at 4 p.m. So a little bit of a weird start time for those of us on the East Coast, but you know, those are the breaks when your team's playing out West. We just got to adjust. And then finally, the Rangers will be back home on Monday against the Nashville Predators, 7 p.m. puck drop there. But yeah, the plan is to be back with a brand new episode tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Rangers goaltending situation with Lundqvist, Georgiev, and Shesterkin. Again, we've, we've touched on this you know, in both today's episode and yesterday's episode, but I think it warrants, you know, if not an entire episode, certainly, you know, a good chunk of time. So we'll be back to talk about that very soon. And again, if you guys want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.